Hello, Utility World. Kurt Moreland, Associate Publisher of Incident Prevention and Utility Fleet Professional, here with another edition of our unique and innovative products. You know, storm season has gotten an early jump on us. You know, typically it comes in around March. I came in a little early in Texas, and there was even a tornado three miles from one of our co-workers' houses in the Carolinas. Did you know that March is one of the top tornado seasons, according to weather.com? As a matter of fact, in March 2017, there were 192 tornadoes that month. Ouch! So that brings us to our topic. Debris is flying around. Our line people, they have to go out there in some of these natural disasters. And there's energized lines there. They could be under some construction equipment. They could be under some debris. Fortunately, we have Brady Hansen of Safeguard Equipment. And he is working with a product that I think is revolutionary. It's the Compass Personal Voltage Detection. Brady, welcome. And tell us how you got involved with this product. Uh, thanks, Kurt. Um, I was working as a journeyman lineman for an investor-owned utility that had uh, taken some sort of investment in safeguard equipment. And because I was involved with training and stuff, I was asked at one point um, to maybe help help them out. And so I started wearing early prototypes of the unit and giving them some feedback about um, it's levels of sensitivity and it's operation and it's behavior in the field and stuff like that. And, um, at one point as they grew, uh, they offered me a, a part-time job to go to work for them. And I decided, you know what, I'd leave the bucket truck behind for a little while and, and see what it's like to work at a, uh, a startup company. So I did. And, uh, now here we are three years later. That sounds great. Now, as the listeners out there know, I love to travel. And um, you are in Post Falls, Idaho, which is on the Idaho and Washington border, not far from Spokane. Um, that's a beautiful area out there. Um, if people are out in your area, what are some of the things that they should see and do out there? My first suggestion would be to get off the road and to uh, enjoy the backcountry. Um, we've got beautiful lakes and rivers and mountains and sweeping vistas. Um, lake Ponderé is a, a beautiful lake that also has got some uh, interesting historical elements to it. And at one point, it was a very critical uh, training location for the United States Navy during World War II. And uh, today it's, it's a uh, inland naval base. Uh, where they've got a bunch of submarines that are actually patrolling that giant inland uh, lake. So that's a pretty cool spot. Um, the whole place is beautiful, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it, it looks like it's a great area for fishing and skiing as well. You're an outdoors person, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I like I like hunting and fishing. Sounds good. Well, let's get back to business here. So um, I spent a little time online uh, watching some videos of your product. And let's do a little bit deeper dive in how it works. Um, so the way the compass works is the compass picks up on a couple of electrical fields. It picks up on a electrical field that would be produced by a conductor with a voltage on it. And it will also 
which is kind of novel for uh, a class of uh, these devices commonly called as PVDs or personal voltage detectors. Um, the, the founders of this company had the foresight to add current detection as well. And by giving the unit the ability to pick up magnetic fields, it can uh, at times perceive currents. It's a beacon that is installed on the hard hat. So you guys are not selling the hard hats or the helmets themselves. You're selling a device that they can install in their own hard hat. Is that correct or both? Yeah, that's that's correct. I mean, I, ideally, we would have some sort of technology that we could uh, embed in a lineman's eyes or, or a, uh, somebody doing storm damage assessment. If we could give them a set of contacts that would give them the ability to visualize voltage and current, that, that would be the most ideal. Well, that's a little invasive. Those kinds of surgeries or, or those kinds of technologies don't exist. So this this is a great alternative because it's placed in a location where our body's natural defense mechanisms and our natural hazard identification systems are located. By having the unit on the brim of a hard hat, the lights are very close to the field of vision and you notice it when it goes off. The speaker is located close to your ears, so if there's ambient noise, you're more likely to hear it. The whole idea was to get it in a place. If we could produce a sensor capable of warning somebody of a, a dangerous voltage or dangerous current in their workplace, ideally it would be located closest uh, to those sensory organs. Yeah, and you're not going to miss it beeping, uh, even if you have earplugs in, um, because I, I watched again some of your demos, and it sounds like a smoke detector. Yeah, it, it, it does, and that sound can actually be muted. So there are times when you might be doing storm damage assessment and you're in the vicinity of an energized line. Um, once it goes off, if you're aware of the location of that source of the electrical field, if you press the button, um, you can actually temporarily mute it for five minutes. And then after that five minute um, time period is over, then it'll go back to providing the audio alerts again. Do you prefer people to buy your product with it already installed in a helmet that you supply? Or do you prefer people to use the helmet that they're comfortable with and it's something that can be like retrofitted themselves in their own helmet? Um, yeah, the, the preference is to adapt it to the helmet that people are already using and already like. And of course, that's that's kind of an interesting topic because we're actually seeing a change in uh, helmet technology in our industry. A lot of people are kind of moving towards uh, type two helmets, like a, a cask or a Petzl or something. So that's uh, one of the things we're working on currently. And so it beeps like a, a smoke detector, but it also has a blinking light. And so you get a visual, right? As you get closer to the energized line, what happens? It blinks more as you get closer, correct? Yes. And the, the, uh, the, uh, Audible tone increases, and it's also it's it's interesting because there's actually two sensors on it that will detect an electrical field, and by looking at bias between those two uh, sensors, it will actually start to provide a strobe in the direction of the electrical field. 
the idea with that being it would actually give a worker who might be in, in some backyard doing some storm damage patrol or something, it'll actually give them a place to look as a energized source. So it can guide you left or right or forward. Yes. Okay. Very interesting. Now, what's the size of this product? Again, you know, we're we're talking to listeners out there. So uh, I, it seems to be kind of a triangular size, almost about the size of like a, a spinner or something of, of that nature. Yeah, I, I often describe it as being roughly the size of a Bic lighter, only lighter. It's a little lighter than a full Bic lighter. Oh, wow. So it's actually smaller. Yeah. Than I, than, smaller. And, you know, um, one of the keys to PPE is PPE needs to fit properly and be comfortable and be practical to use in the field. And that's the whole idea with making the thing as small and, and light as, as possible. And then an added benefit that's kind of interesting is because it's so light, it can survive tremendous falls. We, we uh, took a drone doing some experimentation a couple of months back. We took a drone and took the drone all the way up to 400 feet and dropped the unit from the drone at 400 feet and it bounced several times across the asphalt. And we went over and picked it up. And other than a little bit of uh, surface uh, dirt and oil and stuff that was on it, there was no other visible damage. And when I took it over to an energized conductor, it lit up and uh, went off immediately. It's not lineman proof. They don't they don't make anything that tough. Wow. Good point. I love it. So uh, I was, again, watching the video. It looks like it it powers off of uh, almost like a cell phone charger like you would charge your mm -hmm. cell phone. How long does it last? How long can you go uh, after it's fully charged? So in terms of the total amount of duration, that really kind of depends on the environment. If you were to turn it on and to go into a energized substation, it's going to be going off constantly because of the presence of all of those electric fields in that kind of environment. Um, most of our users in the field Describe getting a week or two weeks of battery life out of it before you need to recharge it again. Wow. And the handiness of being able to, to charge it off of a USB uh, port is, is very relevant for me as a lineman because I've got a cell phone charger and there's been plenty of times I've been on storm damage performing work when the grid is down. So, um, it's sort of a non-outlet means of being able to charge your PVD. And with, with a lithium battery in it, you can charge and discharge it many, many, many times before you get any significant reduction in the battery capacity. Very, very handy. So, you know, I've heard uh, <laughs> electrical energized lines described sometimes as almost like rattlesnakes. You know, mm -hmm. you, you don't want to step on them. You can't mm -hmm. see them, and if you step on them, you know, you get bit or stung. And um, so when you're out there working in the field or when you're at, at trade shows, uh, like the IP Utility Safety Conference, I'll throw in a little plug there for us, um, what are some of the testimonials? What are some of the comments that you hear from people that come up to you? Do they actually say that your product has helped save them from an injury? Yes. Um there's, there's been a number of them. Just last week, um, 
in all the outages that were taking place across the country, uh, we had some folks from one utility get a hold of us and say they were walking uh, across the field of snow. And as they were walking across um, this particular work location, all of a sudden they got some blue lights. Blue lights are an indication of current flow. And when they realized that there was a current somewhere in their vicinity, they stopped and looked around and they were able with a little additional investigation to figure out that the neutral had come down and the neutral was actually laying underneath the snow and it was picking up current flow through that down neutral and then into the soil and throughout the rest of the circuit. So I, I think that's really kind of the benefit of, of the utilization of PVDs or personal voltage detectors as they're, as they're called. Um, I think it's really important to make it clear that the use of PVDs, regardless of what manufacturer uh, makes them, the use of PVDs are a supplement. They're a supplement to all of our existing personal protective equipment requirements, our safe work practices, the OSHA rules. Um, these technologies have proven over the past couple of years to have caught a lot of potential electrocutions before they could happen in events that are kind of out of the ordinary. And I guess for me as a lineman, that's, that's where I really see the value in utilizing a device like this. Um, I don't, I don't think it's practical or a great idea to use any personal voltage detector while you're performing live line maintenance, because when you've got a hot stick in your hand, well, no, that conductor uh, should be energized. And in that close proximity to an energized line, any PVD is going to be going off a lot. But I think it's uh, it's very valuable that we're talking about this at this time of year because, unfortunately, there are plenty of electrocutions and electrical contacts that occur in storm events and hurricanes and, and the, the like. Um, another another person shared with us that they were able to detect backfeed. And backfeed, in my opinion, is a growing issue. If, if you look at the stock of the Generac company, you see over the past few years that their stock has done very, very well because many, many people that we currently serve in the utility industry have decided that electricity is so precious to them, they've got to have generators. Well, unfortunately... There's a few too many uh, MacGyvers out there that are willing to subvert the National Electric Code and common sense. And then when their attempts to energize their house, they can start energizing our, our utility personnel while they're out there just trying to get the circuit back in service. Yeah, we talked a little bit about tornadoes, but, you know, I re recall uh, us running articles in Incident Prevention Magazine on the devastation in Puerto Rico and hurricanes as well. I'm sure you've probably um, had a discussion with somebody who's been working on a hurricane site that your product has probably saved their life. Do you recall that at all? Yeah, yeah. There was there was one, uh, that was about a year ago in Houston. A year ago, maybe 18 months ago, something like that. Um, there was a down conductor and somebody was dispatched to the scene and there was a lot of traffic and uh, that individual reported that they were going to run out and drag the line out of the road. And 
I don't know if they were going to use a stick. I don't know if they were going to use a glove. I don't know if they were going to use a dielectric rope. But um, he told us he was under the impression from the dispatching authority that that line should be de-energized. And as he ran out into that intersection to clear up that down conductor, the unit went off and that gave him a moment of pause. And that moment of a pause, I think, is really, really powerful when we're in an environment where we're beset with hazards, slowing down and taking a few minutes to make sure we identify hazards correctly is, is really, really, really good stuff. And that's what he did. In this case, he stopped, recognized that in all likelihood that conductor was energized because his compass was going off. And so he went and took another look at the circuit feeding that line and discovered that, in fact, it was energized. And through some sort of switching error or something, that line was energized when it shouldn't have been. Man, what a powerful testimonial. Well, I'm going to shift gears for a little bit. Um, now, you said you are an outdoorsman, and um, I always love a good outdoor story. I mean, you're over there in bear country and moose country. Have you ever had an encounter with a, a bear or wildlife while you've been out in the woods out there? Sure. Um, I was working for BPA um, in the mountains up above Kellogg, Idaho. Uh, it's very steep and very rugged. We're changing out uh, transmission insulators. So at the end of the day, um, I grabbed my bow and headed up the side of the hill. And I got to the top of the ridge and it seemed like there was a decent amount of wolf activity in the area. And, and uh, usually that's not great elk hunting when that's when that's taking place. Well, I ripped a bugle from the top of the ridge and lo and behold, one answered me from the other side of the canyon. And because it was late afternoon and the sun was going down, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to plow down through this thick huckleberry brush and try to meet this elk down in the bottom of this canyon. So I started crashing down through the brush and because I was making no attempts to be quiet, I just let out a cow call as I, went down the side of the mountain. And at one point I came across a down tree. Now, when you're, when you're wading through thick brush and you come across a down tree, it can act kind of like a, a natural sidewalk where you hop up on the trunk and you walk down the trunk of the tree. It's dangerous to do that when it's wet or when the bark is slipping, but uh, the tree was dry. So I hopped up on the trunk and I walked down the end of the tree until I got to a large stump uh, or the large root wad at the end of the end of the tree. So I, I jumped off of that root wad. And when I jumped off the root wad, I landed in some really thick brush and I heard something scurry to the left and I heard something scurry to the right. And my, my initial thought was, whoa, this is great. I just jumped right in the middle of a, a herd of bedded elk or something. So I let out a couple cow calls. And off to the right of me, I could hear this chuffing noise that black bear cubs make when they feel threatened. And I could hear it start to scamper a little higher in the tree. And then I just had that sinking feeling in my stomach, like, oh, if that's to the right of me, what's to the left? And as I turned and looked to the left, I saw this uh, sow stick her nose just out of the brush and she started to pop her teeth at me. Now, 
due to some uh, very stringent requirements about what was acceptable and what was not acceptable that day. I didn't have um, my 10 millimeter with me. Instead, I had a can of pepper spray. And some statistics claim that uh, pepper spray is actually more effective than a handgun when it comes to bear attacks. But I'm kind of suspicious of that. It, nevertheless, I pulled the pepper spray uh, out of its side holster and held it out in the direction of the bear. And I decided, um, you know what, in a loud authoritarian lineman voice, I'm going to say, hey, bear, and scare the bejesus out of this bear. And so I mustered up every ounce of courage I had at that moment. And I said, hey, bear. <laughs> and it was it was uh, very, uh, very nerve wracking. And I was definitely not very threatening, but the bear was gracious enough to just turn around and, and run. So Wow, you were lucky. I mean, that's like the most dangerous scenario of all to be between a mother and her offspring, you know. And uh, you, you, uh, you had the the lucky day that day. I'm glad that was a happy ending. I yeah. thought it was. I thought we were headed towards Bambi or something like that. No. <laughs> Um, so let's dive back into your product here. I don't know if you're able to say this um, or divulge any details, but um, what does um, Safeguard uh, with Compass or other products have on the drawing board for uh, 2021? Are you able to reveal anything new that you guys might be coming out with uh, this summer or later in the year? Um, yeah, to a limited extent. Um, we're really listening to people's feedback about this technology and about ways we might be able to improve kind of an emerging class of uh, personal protective equipment like PVDs um, and maybe provide the ability to provide aware with awareness of other hazards or other situations. So, um, we will be seeing some interesting improvements in the utilization of lightweight, wearable sensors and alert devices in the near term future. How's that? Hey, that sounds pretty cool. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay so, tuned. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to once again thank our guest, Brady Hansen of Safeguard Equipment, uh, to tell us a little bit about their Compass Personal Voltage Detector. And Brady, how can people find out more about your company or if they want to get in touch with you? Our, our website, uh, safeguardequipment.com. That's, that's a, a great place. Um, our marketing department is, is very active on all the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, and et cetera. And uh, within the pages of Incident Prevention Magazine, you will routinely <laughs> see an advertisement. That is correct. Thank you very much for that cue, because we also do want to thank you for being an advertiser and a sponsor of our content. We really do appreciate that as, as well. But we did have you on here because you guys do have a really intriguing product. And we talked about March uh, is got some weather challenges out there. It can be a challenging time of year. So we want everybody to stay safe out there. And so keep rolling safe out there, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, go to our website at incident-prevention.com slash podcast to get more or search incident prevention wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, stay safe. Thank you.